0: Welcome to the P's and Q's podcast. I'm your host, Quine Foray, and I'm living my best life. And I want to help you live your best life. In this podcast, we'll be talking all things spirituality, health, wealth, and love. Whether you're facing a difficult situation, pursuing a big dream, or simply looking for a bit of inspiration and guidance, this podcast is for you. Let's get into it. On today's episode, we will be talking about my brother, Quentin, and his short but extremely impactful time on this earth. But first, three fun facts. Fact number one, I have a brother, one sibling, Quentin, and he was two years younger than me. Fact number two, one time I did have to punch a girl in the face. Because she was harassing, bullying my baby brother. And he was such a kind, sweet soul that he its like, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> I just And he's just allowing this girl to just really bully him every single day. And I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. But you know what I'm saying? Gotta stick up for your family members. I'm not promoting violence. I'm actually denouncing bullying. Because it's not nice. And fact number three, Quentin's birthday, June 27th. He was a cancer, which I love my cancer sweeties. You cancers out there, you guys have a special place in my heart. You guys are so full of love. Let's get into today's episode. In 2003, my mom called me on the phone to tell me that my brother had a heart attack. And over the next five days, my life will change forever. But let's start at the beginning. I know this sounds crazy. But I remember the day my brother was born. I was two. And I remember being at my godmother's house. And mom, correct me. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. But I remember being at my godmother's house. Norma. I call her Jelly Bean. I remember being at Jellybean's house. I was just a baby. I was two. I remember seeing him for the first time. I remember his little feet and his beautiful energy. And although he would get on my nerves a lot, like most baby brothers do, we are best friends. Quentin and Quinet were the Q's, you know, buddies growing up. And one of the things I love so much about Quentin is his capacity for love. And kindness and understanding. He was one of the kindest people I ever met in my whole entire life. And I'm a sweetie pie, too. I'm also, I think too much sometimes. And sometimes I let my thinking brain out think my heart. And when I find myself in places like that, I think of Q. And I think, what would Q do? And it helps me recalibrate and reground and center myself and to leave with my heart. And the more I've practiced that, the easier it has become. And I appreciate Q so much for his example of what unconditional love is in this life. What a grand gift I received from my sweet brother. When Quentin was 13, he sat us down, me, my mom, and my dad at the dining table in the nook in our house in Park, and he told us a story about the day he was born and what he remembered from the day he was born. So when Quentin was born, he was breached, I guess. Is that when you're upside down? It's like feet first or something. And the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. And I know the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. I I might be messing up the breech part, but the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck and he was losing oxygen to his brain. Ended up having to have a a C-section and that's how he was born. And he says that in that moment, in that day, he remembers the struggle. The struggle was real. And he remembers talking to God and God gave him a choice. God told him that he could come into this life knowing that he would leave early and that he would have some challenges, but that he would receive a great gift. Or he could just cut the cord, pun intended. He could cut the cord, cut the loss, and leave that body and go for a new body at another point in time and Quentin said that he made the conscious decision to come to this life in this time knowing that he would get this grand gift I think we all looked at him like what (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) you know um Even as spiritual as both my parents are, and at that stage, I was 15, so I wasn't even, I was just thinking about all sorts of other things and nothing to do with what we was talking about. I think we all just took it as like Quentin was just, you know, talking. And then when he was around 18 years old, he had an experience, and he was hanging out with some friends, and they were smoking a little weed, and... For whatever reason at that time, it triggered some chemical reaction in his brain. And he called my mom and I. We were at the movies and we rushed over to where he was. And he was having a hard time. He couldn't take our energy around him, but he also didn't want to be alone by himself. And My mom was, of course, worried, like what was in the weed, was laced, you know, what was going on. And eventually he got into the hospital and they'd run a blood test, but there was nothing else in his system besides marijuana. After that day, whatever triggered that chemical reaction in his brain remained. And he had a hard time. The doctors would put him on one medication and he couldn't sleep. And then the next medication and he couldn't stay awake. And another medication, and he gained a lot of weight. And another medication, and he lost a lot of weight. And it was just like this yo-yo of experimental drugs to try to stabilize him. And this challenging experience that he was going through. And I remember watching him go through this. And the positive mindset that he would approach this with. I'm guessing it's because he knew that this was part of his journey. He had been prepared for it since birth. He knew that he would encounter this challenging experience. And he was so, he had so much resolve. I remember one day sitting outside my mom's house and he looked at me and he says, you know, I'm never going to get married or have kids or, have like a dog or a white picket fence. Like it's just not going to ever happen for me. And I was just like, what do you mean? Of course you are going to have like a cute little wife. I'm going to be a little auntie. It's going to be so nice. And he was just very clear. Like, I know you want that for me, but that is not part of my path. And I was like, what the fuck? What is going on? What are you talking about? And it's just when you're so connected to to your path and the truth of it all, and seeing behind the veil, he already been saw behind the veil. His grasp on this physical world started to deteriorate. It became even more clear for him what was really going on, why he was here, and and everything. And as uncomfortable as it was for all of us to watch, he held it with such poise, I will say. At one point he ended up in a hospital getting treatment and I remember going to see him. This is not too long before he passed and he looked at me and he said, did you know that I am God? I'm like, yes, yes, of course. He's like, did you know that you are God? I was like. Why, yes. Yes, of course. And he's like, I just want you to know I will always be here. I was like, thank you. I, I'll always be here for you, too. I love you so much, man. You're my bro. Like, I got you. We got you. We got to We're going to get through this together. And he's like, yeah, everything's going to be OK. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Everything's going to be. Okay. Yes, you're right. Everything's going to be OK. He was like, no matter what, everything's okay. I was like, thanks, bro. That was a really beautiful pep talk. I feel better. Do you feel better? He's like, I feel better. I had a dream. And in my dream, Quentin called me on the phone. And he kind of had the same talk track. It couldn't have been more than a month after that conversation, looking at him talking about how we are God. And he says... Hey, I just want you to know that I love you. And I'm like, bro, I love you too. And he's like, I just want you to know that I'm okay. And I'm going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. Everyone's going to be okay. And I, I don't want you to worry about me. And I was like, I I do worry about you. You're my brother. And I, I really, I want you to be happy. And he's like, I am happy. I am love. And I just want you to know that no matter what, I'm okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that I won't be here very long. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's time I'm leaving. But I'll always be here. And that rocks me to the core, and I woke up in my bed. I lived like in Venice at the time. And I was like, I remember it was like so vivid. It was just so disturbing because I was like, why are you t- saying this? This is not a good dream. It felt like a nightmare. And I called him on the phone and I talked to him and I'm like, "Hey, you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good. What's up?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. And um, nothing silly. I just I just want to say hi. I just want you to know that I love you. That's all." He's like, "All right." And the very next night, I had a dream. And my dad called me on a payphone. Well, I was on a payphone. I don't understand why he called me on a payphone. But I was on payphone and my dad called. And he said, I just needed to tell you that Quentin passed away. I don't really remember everything that happened after those words because I again woke up in a panic. And I called my brother and he answered the phone. Like Just wanted to tell you that I love you. Same thing. Okay, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Everything's good. Like, that was really weird. And the next day, I remember I was hanging out with one of my college buddies. And I get a call on my cell phone from my mom to tell me that Quentin had a heart attack. And he was on life support. And it was like a dream. A dream. In reality, and I rush over there and he's on life support and we're all praying and worried. And in my mind, I honestly thought it was temporary. I really, in that space, thought it was just like temporary. He would wake up and everything would go back to normal or a new normal and it would be fine. As each day progressed with him on life support, it became clearer and clearer, especially once they did the CAT scan, whichever one of the brain. And so my parents counseled the doctors and together they decided that it would be best to ease his suffering. As a family, we sat in the room together and turned off his life support. Listened to his last heartbeat and sat in the presence of his physical transition. My grandparents and aunts were in the waiting room in the hospital. I remember still being in a lot of disbelief about everything going on, especially with everything that happened the day before, and it was just really confusing. And I felt this surge of energy. And it was like tingly and warm and giddy, extremely giggly, giddy, silly willy, oozy woozy, just the silliest energy you ever felt in my life. And I'm a silly willy. Quentin is the silliest of all the sillies. (laughs) And I just felt this surge of silly, silly surge. Yeah, that. And I could not control myself. I couldn't stop laughing. I was walking through the waiting room kissing people on the lips. Everybody thought I lost my grasp on reality. But I felt joy. And I felt peace. And I felt funny, fun, silly. Willie and that was really profound for me all of these dates, this is this is a profound ass week for me and one of the great awakenings for me in this life I know that energy is everlasting It is constantly transferring. When you turn off the lights in this room, it's not that the light disappears. It just transitions, just like any other energy, any other light. And I thank my brother so much for being so brave and choosing a path that he knew would be challenging. And he knew he would get his great gift and He got what he needed and it was time. And wow, it awakened me so much to life and death and my power and my gifts. I had no idea that I had such a gift of sight. I dream things and they've come true, but I'm like, oh, it was a deja vu or whatever. Like, nah, not really. But no, no, baby girl, you got gifts, baby. Real power. We all have it. And I'm grateful for this experience at that time in my life, 21 years old, when we're really just trying to figure out who we are. I wasn't even trying to think about where I come from, really, or my power. I am so grateful. I thank you, my brother Quentin. I feel your everlasting presence. So often I find myself in places and I'm just like, that's some cute shit. You know, even though I went through that terrible loss, I had to grieve it as well. You know, I had the gig gigglies and the sillies, but the grieving process still had to occur. I had to go through all the stages and I find myself now at a, a, a real place of peace and acceptance and and gratitude. I'm happy for my brother. The biggest thing for me to help heal was to understand my suffering was largely due to not accepting what was and that my suffering was voluntary. Thank you so much for being here, being a part of this tribe. Until next time. Thank you so much for being here. P's and Q's podcast is more than just a podcast. It's a community of conscious beings who are journeying through this life with the intention to love, grow, and shine. So if you're ready to live a life filled with confidence, joy, and purpose, then hit that subscribe button and join us every Monday. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching, DM me the word joy on my Instagram at Quine Foray.